Hello and welcome to Money, Markets and More with me, Dominic Frisbee. Now, I'm currently working on a new book about gold. And as gold often leads to war, or is it the other way round, I found myself reading rather a lot about conquerors and conquests. And there are certain things that all conquerors do, from invade to plunder, to strip the conquered of their wealth, power, history and identity. And what's so bizarre about today in Britain and Western Europe is that we are doing all these things to ourselves voluntarily. So let me explain. As the armies of Alexander the Great marched east, overpowering all who stood in their way to form one of the first great empires the world had ever known, and in terms of landmass, landmass one of the biggest even to this day, the annihilation of the cultural identities of those they conquered soon followed and locals were raped, pillaged, subjugated and enslaved. Coinage was a far more important tool of propaganda then than it is now and Alexander had his armies confiscate, loot, plunder, gold and silver bullion everywhere they went, melt it down and then restruck with Greek gods. Athena, goddess of wisdom and war, Nike, goddess of victory, Zeus, god of power, and Heracles, god of strength, who was portrayed in the likeness of Alexander himself. At this point, rulers hadn't started depicting their own heads. And conquered people, quite literally, had their own history and legend struck off. And Alexander's coins, meanwhile, were standardised throughout the empire. So local myth was replaced with Greek myth. As well as Romanizing the Celts, imposing Roman language, law, custom and governance on them, the Romans actively persecuted Celtic Druids and destroyed their sacred groves. Another example, William the Conqueror, he conquered Britain, William I, he took Anglo-Saxon land, gave it to his cronies, he imposed heavy taxes, strict laws, a new kind of feudal system, and he replaced Anglo-Saxon English with Norman French in the courts and the other centres of rule, and he made ecclesiastical changes to better control the church. And any kind of rebellion met with swift and ruthless repression. And even if it was a thousand years later, World War II was the same. Both the Nazis and the Japanese did everything in their power to strip those they conquered of their cultural identity. And as well as possession of land and confiscation of wealth, there was the annihilation of local history, myth, hero and legend. It's always been a tool of the conqueror and part of the suppression and subjugation that follows invasion. So even today, the States, the United States is not technically an empire and it's always trying to distance itself from anything imperial. Nevertheless, it controls much of the globe and its prime resource, oil, with its military but it also exports its culture in such a domineering way that everyone else confuses their own identity with that of the US. So like its military, American cultural narratives dominate the world and they distort everybody else's. And you would think, for example, that there had never been slavery in history except for that in America in the 200 years from when the nation was formed to its outlawing in 1865. Never mind the fact that the British outlawed it two generations earlier. In fact, slavery has existed since before civilization began and still goes on today with some 20 to 45 million people trapped in it. 
In just seven years, between 1938 and 1945, Germany enslaved a number equivalent to 400 years of transatlantic slave trade. If you include Japan, the numbers double. But American cultural narratives dominate. But here is what is so weird about what is happening today under the rudderless leadership that is representative social democracy. In the past, if you wanted to occupy the lands of other people, you would have to conquer them and take their lands by force. Today, no such force is required. In fact, in Britain, Tony Blair actually legislated for it. So did Boris Johnson. Not only do we import our own invasion, we actually subsidise it. The eight million quid a day spent on housing illegal migrants in hotels is just one example of this. Then once imported, we then start rewriting our own history or apologising for it. This might be positive discrimination in the media, in our stories, to invisible casting for some but not all. We change our stories to better represent these new people, both at the expense of the locals and at the opportunity cost for them and at the expense of truth. So here, for example, is what, according to the BBC, an English family looked like in Roman times. And the latest nuts example from the BBC is that the plague <laughs> was clearly racist. With headlines like that, we satirists are being put out of a job. Now, we all know about the sort of the anti-white middle-aged man narrative of recent years, pale, male and stale and all that, and the discrimination he now encounters uh, when attempting to find work. And we've all seen how the modern British family is represented in advertising. There is, it seems, no such thing as a non-multicultural family. And the latest evolution uh, is anti-young blonde women. And I know this because my partner works in advertising. There is now a widespread agenda not to have young blonde women in adverts. Now, it's not even the immigrants to this country who are actively stripping us of our history and thus our cultural identity, with some exceptions. We are doing it to ourselves. And that's what's so nuts. And I won't say we're doing it voluntarily because there are lots of people who don't want this to happen. But such is the system of rule we have in place with state-planned everything and the mindset of the state and most institutions dominated by um, one world view, anyone who opposes may as well howl at the moon. A king would represent his people. He can make decisions quickly. His decisions, when they come, they're acted upon. But with representative democracy, every decision is contested, it's seemingly made with short-term headlines in mind, rarely um, any kind of legacy. Um, it's often the decision is so contested the resulting legislation ends up being watered down or undermined by the blob enacting it anyway. Most of the time there's no decision at all because of the imagination required or the career risk of putting your head above the parapet. We're no longer one people with one common memory. We're just a splodge, a mishmash of uh, different cultural identities with following the death of Christianity, no coherent ideology at its core beyond the new religions of climate change, multiculturalism, whatever that means, and the NHS. It is a system 
bereft of thought for the future, bereft of strategy and long-term planning of any kind. The Victorians, they thought with legacy in mind. They built for the future. Today, we do no such thing. We build with nothing in mind but short-term profit and the satisfaction of arbitrary building regulations. And this will not change until we change our system of rule. And the simplest, most bloodless way to do this is to change our system of money and tax. You design a society the way you tax it. We must have independent money that nobody has the power to create at no cost to itself. A non-bloodless alternative, in other words, some kind of rev violent revolution, is not possible because the state is armed and you, the citizen, are not. And this mismatch dooms not just the UK, but all of Western Europe. There will not be a revolution. There cannot be. And what's more, the state, the police, the media especially, does not treat people equally. Something the former Home Secretary Suella Braverman articulated to her cost. So I fear for anyone who does revolt. People who come here, they don't have the same history as us. They don't have the same experience. They don't have the same collective memory, the same shared values, the same background or the same heritage. Theirs may be superior. Theirs may be inferior. Doesn't matter. The point is they do not feel the same allegiance or the same loyalties. They don't have the same values, the same goals, the same collective memories, and nor should we expect them to. They don't come here to be British. They come here to seek their fortune, which is quite natural. That's what people do to better their lot. But that doesn't mean we need to sacrifice ourselves. We are doing the conqueror's job to ourselves. I sometimes think that China, with its lofty ambitions of world dominance, must look at the West. And every time it's thinking of doing something, it must actually think, actually, uh, we don't need to do anything here. Um, the West is destroying itself by itself. Keir Starmer's doing the same. He looks at the Conservative Party. He literally, his whole leadership ploy is not to do anything and slip in the back door or the front door. The hundreds of thousands that are coming to the UK each year, they're doing the same, looking at us. And we are powerless to do anything about it. It makes me sigh and more. It's so, so stupid and frustrating. But the political change we need is not possible through the political systems we have. Thank you very much for watching. Please subscribe to the channel. Until next time, goodbye.